You're tuned into the Market Unclosed podcast by PPI Securities, a podcast where we give you a quick rundown on the Philippine equities market to help you trade better, live better, as we make investing a habit. Nice day to our listeners, and that's a wrap for the 21st trading week of the year, and this will be our last Friday for the month of May. This is Rico from BPI Trade, and I'd like to thank those who joined us for the Fundamental Analysis webinar last Wednesday, and hope you can join us for the Technical Analysis module on May 30. So the local index succumbed to selling pressure, as it lost over 134 points for the week to close at 65.30 or down by over 2%. Year-to-date, the index also fell to negative territory and now down by 55 basis points. Total value turnover was at 25.4 billion pesos, averaging 5.1 billion pesos traded daily. Excluding block sales, average value turnover significantly drops to 3.96 billion. The year's average currently stands at 5.42 billion traded, excluding block sales. Foreigners ended as net buyers at 2.38 billion pesos this week. Index breadth was firmly in the negative side, with only 1 in the green, 1 unchanged, and 28 in the red. The lone index stocks in the green was San Miguel, while worse laggards were led by banking stocks BDO Unibank and Bank of the Philippine Islands. This was followed by Ayala Land, ICTSI, and PLDT. All sub-indices were in the red, with the financials and services indices being the worst performers, down by 3.37% and 3.24% respectively. The broader all-shares index also suffered losses, down by 1.7% this week. Year-to-date though, it's still holding strong as it is still up by 3 quarters of a percent. Following the volatility in the dollar, the local currency also weakened this week to close at 55 spot 79 against the greenback. In the United States, talks to raise their debt ceiling appear to have moved closer to a deal, with only about 7 days to go before the United States face an imminent threat of a debt default. Fitch Credit Rating Agency announced that it was placing the United States' AAA status on a rating watch negative and strongly implied that if Congress could not reach a deal before the Treasury Department's June 1 deadline, Fitch would downgrade America's credit rating. Here in Asia, Tokyo's core inflation rose to 3.2% year-in-year in May, slower than the 3.5% seen in April. This excludes fresh foods and fuel costs. Our ASEAN neighbor Malaysia's headline inflation, on the other hand, eased slightly to 3.3% year-in-year in April. This was Malaysia's lowest rate of inflation since May 2022, after seeing inflation peak in August at 4.7%. This marked the sixth straight month of easing inflation. Indonesia's central bank held its seven-day reverse repurchase rates at 5.75% for the fourth straight month, while also maintaining its deposit facility rate at 5% and lending facility rate at 6.5%. Bank Indonesia said that the decision was consistent with the monetary policy stance to control core inflation within a band of plus-minus 1% to 
from 3% this year and return headline inflation to the same band in the third quarter of 2023. Fitch Ratings affirmed the country's investment-grade rating and upgraded its outlook to stable from negative. Fitch Ratings kept the country's long-term foreign currency issuer default rating at BBB, indicating a low default risk and adequate capacity to pay. The revision to a stable outlook reflects improved confidence that the country is returning to strong medium-term growth after the COVID-19 pandemic on sustained reductions in government debt to GDP. The Banco Central reported that the country's overall balance of payments or BOP position in April was at $148 million in deficit, which is narrower than the $415 million gap recorded a year ago. This was also a reversal of the surplus recorded in the prior month and was a reflection arising from outflows from the national government's payments of its foreign currency debt obligations. Year-to-date, the BOP posted a $3.31 billion surplus. The central bank also reported that more short-term foreign capital, or hot money, exited the country for the third straight month in April. Last month, the country recorded a net outflow of $351.87 million which is a reversal of the $1.41 billion recorded in the same period last year. The Department of Budget and Management reported that infrastructure spending dropped by 16.5% in March to 83.7 billion pesos. The drop was attributed to the timing of releases for the revised AFP modernization program of the Department of National Defense, as well as payments for completed capital outlay projects by the Department of Education. In the first quarter, though, infrastructure spending was up by 7.3% to 196.7 billion pesos. The national government plans to borrow 185 billion pesos from the domestic market in June, according to the Bureau of Treasury. The BTR released its borrowing plan for next month, which is 5.71% higher than the 175 billion program for May. The Treasury plans to borrow 60 billion pesos in Treasury bills and 125 billion pesos in Treasury bonds next month. Finance Secretary Benjamin Jokno said that a 150 peso increase in the daily minimum wage will likely stoke inflation. This comes after Senate President Juan Miguel Zubiri said a committee had already approved in principle the measure seeking a 150 peso across the board wage hike for all private sector workers. The finance secretary said that the policymakers must take into account the impact of a legislated wage hike on inflation, which still remains elevated. He also added that the 150 wage increase may create more unemployment. Holding firm Abacor Capital Holdings reported an attributable net income of 308.16 million pesos in the first quarter of the year, reversing losses of over 12 million pesos in the same period last year. Abacor was able to monetize its assets through property sales and joint ventures, resulting in the reversal. Media firm ABS-CBN is seizing operations of Teleradio starting on June 30, as the news channel has been incurring losses since 2020. Following the announcement, ABS-CBN said it will be entering a joint venture agreement with Prime Media Holdings where the company will produce various programs which will be supplied to broadcasters 
the other third-party platforms, including the Philippine Collective Media Corporation. Ayala's ASEN is targeting to increase the capacity of its Pagudpod Wind project to 135 megawatts from the initial 80 megawatts by year-end, according to its president, Eric Francia. The 11.8 billion pesos wind project has a projected installed capacity of 160 megawatts, although only about 80 megawatts is operational now to meet the urgency of adding power to the grid. ASEN expects the Pagudpod Wind project to be fully operational no later than December 2025. The energy firm also announced plans to raise 25 billion pesos from a preferred share offering in a disclosure with the PSE. ASEN noted that they have filed with the SEC the shelf registration of up to 50 million preferred shares, which includes a proposed public offer and sale of up to 25 million. ASEN said, that the creation of preferred shares was intended to diversify its sources of funding as it continues efforts to fund its renewable energy expansion target. The company also announced that it has agreed to subscribe to more shares in Nature's Renewable Energy Development Corp or NARedco for 211.49 million pesos, which will fund the development of the latter's 133-megawatt solar plant project in Cagayan Province. Conglomerate Ayala Corp raised 13.11 billion pesos from the sale of preferred shares after exercising its oversubscription option on top of the base offer of 10 billion pesos. The company said the proceeds from the offering are intended to refinance its peso-denominated bonds and short-term loans, fund its capex, and partially refinance its callable preferred B shares due this year. Century Pacific's majority shareholders approved the sale of shares amounting to a 3% stake in the company via a private placement. The deal amounted to about 2.8 billion pesos, with shares sold at 26.60 apiece. The company said that the deal will not dilute the existing holdings of public investors and will increase the public float to 34% from 31%. Chairman Christopher Paw said, that after the transaction, CPG will continue to hold a majority stake of 66% and that any sale of shares is not expected in the foreseeable future. Technology firm Certec Holdings saw an over 11% decline in its attributable net income to $1.57 million in the first quarter of the year. The decline was attributed to the decrease in its top-line numbers by over 14% to $17.11 million due to the decreased revenue from radio wave, microwave millimeter wave, and semiconductor business. Listed hotel and resorts operator Discovery World ventures into solar energy assets after subscribing to shares in fully-owned subsidiary Viper Energy Corporation. Discovery World described Viper Energy as a holding company primarily for solar energy assets in its operating sites and also for future solar energy projects the group may undertake. Philinvest Land, or FLI, announced that it had entered into a joint venture with KMC Community Incorporated to establish and operate flexible workplace facilities. FLI said that they can leverage the expertise and experience of KMC in the flexible co-working space industry. Under the agreement, FLI will develop, manage, operate and maintain flexible workplaces that offer private service office seats 
and co-working seats within commercial buildings. Lopez-led energy firm FirstGen is planning to expand its renewable energy portfolio in a move toward its net-zero target. President and CEO Francis Puno said that the company looks to further expand its clean energy portfolio through investments in natural gas and renewables. Mr. Puno also said that as the Department of Energy plans to expand growth both in natural gas and RE, FGen is significantly growing its portfolio on that front. The company is also keen to participate in the second round of the government's Green Energy Auction Program, or GEA2, which is scheduled in June. The GEA program aims to promote renewables as the primary source of energy through a competitive selection of renewable energy output. GEA2 will offer 11,600 megawatts in capacity. Yuchenko-led House of Investments approved the sale of over 14% of EEI's common shares to Industry Holdings and Development Corporation, or IHDC. The firm said that IHDC's entry as a strategic partner is deemed beneficial to EEI's growth plans and restructuring efforts. The Yuchenko Group will now own about 20.9% of EEI, which will remain as a portfolio investment of the company. Jollibee Foods announced that it had opened its 150th coffee bean and tea leaf or CBTL location in Selangor, Malaysia. This adds to the brand's expanding footprint with over 1,000 cafes across 20 countries globally. CBTL Malaysia will further expand its reach by expanding its drive-through services as it aims to provide a better on-the-go experience. The expansion is part of Jollibee's goal to be on the top five restaurant companies in the world. Logistics and remittance firm LBC booked a net income of 207 million pesos during the first quarter of the year, more than four times from the same period last year. The performance was attributed to the decrease in costs and expenses as part of management's cost rationalization. Contributory are the non-operating gains from Forex and derivative valuation. The company also saw lower revenues from its logistics segment, which resulted in a 4.5% drop in service revenues to 3.78 billion pesos. Holding firm megawide construction narrowed its attributable net loss to 7.12 million pesos during the first quarter of the year. That's revenues grew by 11%, to 4.36 billion pesos. Revenues from construction operations accounted for 4.27 billion of top line, up by over 12.5% year-on-year. PAL Holdings has appointed Lucio Tan III as its president, taking over the post of his grandfather, Lucio C. Tan, who retained his role as chairman and CEO. Earlier this year, the LT Group has also named Tan III as president who replaced his uncle, Michael G. Tan. PLDT subsidiary Smart Telecom is expecting a better 2024 after seeing a decline in gross activations this year amid the registration of SIM cards. A company official said that gross activations are half of what they were before, but it should normalize because the revenue-generating base is still stable. Smart saw a 7.5% decline in its total mobile subscriber base to 65 million from previous 70 million. Soon-to-be-listed Repower Energy is planning to expand its installed energy capacity by 1 gigawatt in the next five years with its portfolio focused on hydropower projects. 
President Eric Peter Rojas said that the company's hydropower plants have been operating for the past seven years and have an efficiency capacity factor of about 72%. Rojas also said that compared to other sources, hydropower offers way higher efficiency compared with solar at 12.7% and wind at 33%. Repower currently has six operating power plants in Laguna, Quezon, and Camarines Sur, with two more projects expected to come online by June this year. Real estate developer Santa Lucia Land booked a net income of 1.26 billion pesos for the first three months of the year, up by 11.5% from the same period last year. Revenues jumped by over 16% to 3.57 billion pesos on increased marketing efforts for real estate sales and increased foot traffic in the mall for rental income. Real estate sales grew by 11.4% during the period to 3.02 billion pesos, while rental income shot up by over 78% to almost 200 million pesos. And this is your market calendar for next week. On Monday, May 29, we have cash dividend X dates for Anchor Land Holdings, Common Shares, Artha Land Corporation, Series C Preferred Shares, EEI Preferred Shares, Series A and Series B, Global Ferron Nickel Common Shares, and Vivant Corporation Common Shares. On Tuesday, May 30, we have cash dividend X dates for Certic Holdings, Dollar Preferred Series 2B shares and Vista REIT common shares. We also have the release of the Philippine PPI for April. On Wednesday, May 31, we have cash dividend X date for SSI common shares. Lastly, for Friday, June 2, we have cash dividend X dates for First Gen Corporation common shares and Double Dragon common shares. We also have the release of the U.S. unemployment rate for May the U.S. non-farm payrolls for May. And that's a wrap for today's episode. For more insights and trading ideas, log on to your BPI Trade accounts or open an account today at bpitrade.com.